0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley.
1: And I'm Lacey, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in New Hampshire discussing a love triangle that ended in brutal murder.
0: Then we'll talk about two girls who were murdered in a park. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Granite State. We've all heard this phrase before. If they were that unhappy, why
1: didn't they just get a divorce? I'm not going to say I understand it, but for others, there may be more to the story. Maybe they find it too difficult to face the financial losses that come with divorce, whether it be child support, alimony, or sharing assets. Sometimes religion is involved and divorce is not an option, no matter how bad it is. The idea of divorce isn't always mutual either. If someone wants to leave and the other party doesn't, things could get real messy or even dangerous. The case I'm going to discuss today reminds us that allowing jealousy and rage to consume you could end in terrible tragedy. I was torn between two Jaffrey New Hampshire cases this week. An old one from the early 1900s. You
0: love an old case. I know,
1: and a new one. But because just two episodes ago I did an old one, I'm like, okay, I'll go with the recent case this time. Maybe next season I'll do the old one. (laughs) But I have a couple of friends from Jaffrey, and I went there a few years ago for their wedding. It's really pretty there. Very scenic. Jaffrey? Jaffrey. But... This story is not about the pretty side, unfortunately. So 25-year-old Jonathan Amaralt lived in Keene, New Hampshire, which is like 30-ish minutes away. And he worked at a medical supply company called Teleflex in nearby Jaffrey, New Hampshire. And I asked this friend, I'm like, hey, do you know this place and people that work there, yada, yada? And he was like, Yeah, I know of it and have friends there, but they don't know any of the people involved in your case. I'm like, dang it, I wanted an insider scoop. But anyway, he was a biomedical engineer there. He previously graduated with honors from Rochester Institute of Technology in 2018. So he's a super smart guy. When he wasn't working, he was passionate about hiking and running. He shared a lot of this stuff on social media. And when I say he was into hiking... He climbed sixty six out of sixty seven of the region's mountains over four thousand feet. No, I don't want to do any of those. And he climbed a bunch more, but that's just specific to the region. But I thought that was too impressive. It was not pretty to impressive. Share. Yeah, four thousand feet. Oof! I sat up there and drank <laughs> wine on a mountain. Did you? Yeah, I didn't like it. We drove up it. Wow, well, <laughs> anyway. cheater! Uh, so at work at Teleflex, he met a woman by the name of Brittany Barron. It wasn't a secret at Teleflex that they were seeing each other, but they weren't, like, public.
0: Right. They you weren't know? making out in the break room.
1: But People kind of figured something was going on, mm-hmm. but they didn't outright say, hey, we're seeing each other, mm-hmm. we're dating, yada, yada. So people had suspicions, but they weren't going around telling everybody. But Brittany was married.
0: <gasps> I'd, I'd probably be a tattletale. Well, the thing is, is
1: we don't really know – it's a big company, so we don't know if they, like, even had friends there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it might have not been on a personal level at all. We, it's
0: kind of hard to say. Because right. if you
1: don't really know anyone or if you're not friends, you're not really going to go out of your way to...
0: I also feel like everybody has a relationship with your co-workers to an extent. True. True. Well, clearly he did. Yeah. Well, he worked
1: there for at least a, since 2018, and then she had worked there for at least a couple years but 31 year old Brittany was married to armando baron and had three kids with him one article said two but all the articles only ever talked about one child so she lived with her family and husband in a duplex and the other side of the duplex belonged to her in-laws so armando's mom and his mom's boyfriend okay Brittany did not have a great childhood when she was younger she was physically and sexually abused and kicked out when she was just 17 years old So because of this, at the time she moved in with her then-boyfriend, Armando, she was 17. They later got married and had kids, and they did not have a very good marriage, and you'll find out more about that soon. On September 19th, last year, in 2020, Jonathan did not show up for work. He didn't call in either. This was not typical for him at all, to not just, no call, Mm -hmm. no show. Well, after two days, his mom called the authorities and filed a missing persons report, They went to his house. There was no sign of him or his vehicle. He had a gray Subaru Impreza or Impreza. 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 Well, wouldn't you know it? On September 19th, Brittany did not go into work either, but she called in and she called Human Resources and said she was not coming in and she's planning on quitting. She didn't just say, I quit. She Mm -hmm. said, I'm planning on quitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she didn't really go into detail. She, that's all she said. She just didn't go and work. Authorities questioned Teleflex, you know, and found out. People kind of thought they were having an affair, and they didn't think it was a coincidence that both of them would be gone on the same day. So investigators went to Brittany's home and spoke to Armando's mom. She's the one that lives in the next, you know, adjoining duplex. She said that she and Armando went hiking. She was babysitting their kids. That night, they went back to the baron's home and found Armando sitting in a Jeep Patriot that belonged to his mom's boyfriend. He was alone. Brittany wasn't there. He's just sitting in this Jeep. Kind of strange. Well, he pretty much said, I haven't seen my wife since early the morning before. He said they were having marital problems and she wanted to go camping with friends. So he dropped her off on the side of the road at Temple Mountain. Already kind of strange. Mm -hmm. He said that she was planning on leaving. He thought she was planning on leaving him. Things weren't great. So after he dropped her off, he just, you know, was driving because he was emotional or whatever. He was just kind of thinking about their marriage. And he drove around for hours processing everything. And he said he specifically drove to Errol, which is around 200 miles away from where he dropped her off. 200 miles? Mm -hmm. Just to think. I do know people do that, but I don't know. It's just... Seems like a bit much. It's kind of strange. So police decide to go talk to Brittany's friends, and one of them said that Brittany did text something really ominous right before she went missing. So she showed authorities the messages, and Brittany told her she was thinking about moving back to New Mexico because that's where she was from. And she said she just wanted to start over. She knew she would be away from her kids for a while, but she needed space from Armando. And she also said that she told Jonathan she couldn't see him anymore. But she wouldn't tell her friend where she was when she was texting all of this. So, I mean, I don't know much about her as a mother, but to just be like, "Ah, I'm not going to see my kids for a while, but Mm -mm. I just need space. That's very nonchalant about something like that. And New Mexico is... A long ways away from New Hampshire. Not exactly close to New Hampshire. So they decided to start investigating the cell phone towers and everything like that. So they found the location of her phone and Jonathan's phone. So based on all the tower pings and everything, they were moving in tandem on Saturday night into Sunday. So, of course, they think, okay, well, they're together. Brittany's cell phone was located near Temple Mountain on Saturday night but moved into Jaffrey about 90 minutes before Jonathan's did. Jonathan's phone stopped communicating with the tower in the early mornings of Sunday, just altogether, like it was turned off or something. So around 7.30 a.m. Sunday, Brittany Barron's phone pinged on cell towers in the Arrol area.
0: Which, which is, is where he went.
1: Yep. So data showed it moved into the Dixville, Notch, and Colebrook areas Monday morning, but returned to Errol around noon and stay there till nearly 6 p.m. So they're just kind of following this, like, what are they doing? What are right. they up to? Well, on Tuesday, September 22nd, the New Hampshire Fish and Game officers were tipped off by hunters that there was an illegal campsite in the woods off Abbott Brook Road in Atkinson. The hunters knew campers are not allowed in this area because it's a bear baiting area, so it's common to see a bear. Yeah,
0: it's not safe. And if for you're camping. You,
1: you, no one's just going to be camping in a tent right. in this spot, and they knew it was illegal, they started approaching the campsite, and a dog started barking at them, and they yelled like, "Hey, you're you're not allowed to be here." They didn't seem to be leaving, so they called the fish and game officers, like, you know, "Hey, there's this campsite, someone's there." It's dangerous. So when the Fish and Game officers got there, they went into the woods. And they quickly found Brittany Barron on a path to the right of the tent. She was alone. To the left of the tent, there was something covered by a big brown tarp. Branches were on top of this tarp, kind of like the tarp was covering something and the branches were covering the tarp. And they told her, you know, they weren't like, you're in trouble. They were just like, hey, you can't be here. Please pack up your stuff. So she was alive. She was alive by herself. Looked like she was camping with a bunch of crap out there. And they're like, get all your stuff and leave, mm-hmm. please. This is, you can't be out here. But immediately she looked at them and said, I'm in big trouble. She was wearing sunglasses, but she appeared to have been beaten. So she walked back with them to their vehicle, the fishing game. So the officers went back to the site to grab the dog's carrier, I guess, you know, to Mm -hmm. transport it in, and they saw drag marks in the mud. Well, another one of the officers saw an object that was wrapped in another tarp lying in a brook and it looked like a body. (laughs) Yeah. So at this point, she gets taken in, you know, they call police. She's taken into the Berlin Police Department for questioning. So the police go back to the site and the first brown tarp it was covered in limbs and everything. It was covering up a gray Subaru, the one that was Jonathan's. The car was pretty much empty except for a camping chair in the back that looked bloody. It also looked like something bloody and large had been removed from the back of the Subaru. So a state trooper arrived to access the object wrapped in the tarp in the brook, and as he's going toward it, at one point he sees a bunch of blood pouring out of the tarp. Into the brook, so the, yeah, that sign. So more troopers show up along with a medical examiner they realize that it is a body and the head is missing it looks like it was sawed off oh no
0: yeah sawed could you imagine sawing a head off not a million years. i would no my throw up would be everywhere it, seriously it, like I, don't worry about that blood there's just chunks of vomit everywhere i don't Oh, I don't think I would throw up. I think it would just be too much manual labor.
1: So, authorities have Brittany, and she tells them everything. She even waived her Miranda rights. No.
0: Yeah. Dummy.
1: This is her story. She said her husband Armando discovered text messages between her and Jonathan, and he was livid. He beat her up, strangled her, and at one point put a loaded gun in her mouth. I'll post a picture of her when she was taken into custody, but her face, I mean, her eyes are bloody like one whole eyeball, is red. The kids were in the house when he beat her up oh, their children.
0: Jeez.
1: And Brittany said that their nine-year-old daughter saw her after the, she was beaten up. And the police did later question their daughter, and she said that she heard her parents arguing in the bathroom. She didn't personally witness the fight But but that's mainly because once it started, her grandma, Armando's mom, moved her into a different section of the house so that she wouldn't hear the fighting. So after Armando beat the crap out of Brittany, he took her phone and used it to text Jonathan, posing as her. So he lured Jonathan to Annette Wayside Park in Ridge. So this park is a little more than five minutes outside of Jaffrey, so pretty close. And from Jonathan, it would have been about a 30-minute drive from where he lived. So once Jonathan arrives expecting to see Brittany, Armando beat him up violently, like on the ground kicking. It was bad. Then he placed the handgun in Brittany's hand and ordered her to shoot him. She refused, so he put his hand over hers, like covered it, and ordered her shoot him. And she refused to put her finger on the trigger. So then... Armando ordered her to put her foot on Jonathan's throat and crush it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she said she put her foot on his throat, like he said, but she was refusing to add pressure to crush it. So he was getting more angry. And then Armando ordered Jonathan at gunpoint to get into the back of the Subaru through the hatch. And then Armando ordered Brittany
0: to slit Jonathan's wrists. He just keeps getting worse. If I'm not going to shoot him, I'm not going to ho- crush his windpipe or slice his wrist. I know. It's like, you know, dude. he's like begging for his life. And like, you've had a relationship with this man. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong, you've had a relationship with him. You're not, oh, yeah. Jesus.
1: So she did make some cuts to the wrists. From what I can tell, it wasn't um, lethal cuts. Right, right. So right. I don't know much about that. But Armando fired three shots into Jonathan. At this point, he was just like done with Brittany refusing everything. So he shoots him three times, two in the chest, one time in the head. So then Armando ordered Brittany to go back to their duplex, pack a bag for camping and drive Jonathan Subaru with his body toward Errol. 200 miles. So this is a place they had camped before in the past. So he followed behind her in his Jeep. Well, it's not his yeah. Jeep, but you know what I mean? So he says... I'm going to forgive you when the sun comes up. Even after everything you've done, I'm going to forgive you for cheating. So, on the way to the campsite, Armando stopped at a store, and that's when he bought two tarps, lighter fluid, scrubbing bubbles, and a shovel. And it's worth noting that he used his wife's card. He used Brittany's card when he was checking out, not his own.
0: Oh my god, look, they don't have cameras, moron.
1: It's it's like he wanted her to shoot it, you know, initially shoot him or do something, and then now he's using her card. So it's pretty obvious to me that he's... he's trying to frame her. He's either trying to frame her or if something goes south, he doesn't want his name tied to it. But it's like, dude, they have cameras. Okay, keep going.
0: I'm, I'm invested.
1: It's wild. So they both drove to the campsite in separate cars, and Brittany claimed at this point Armando ordered her to cut off Jonathan's head. Because he was worried about him being identified through dental records. Uh, hello, fingerprints. (laughs) Murderers are not that smart, I I just got to ah. say. I mean, Brittany then used a saw at the campsite along with a smaller blade to cut his head off. In the meantime, Jonathan, or in the meantime, Armando was digging a grave just for the head by itself. So he wrapped it, or I don't know if he did. Then it was wrapped in a tarp, buried in that grave. Then he ordered her to wrap up the body in a tarp and start digging a grave. Man, fuck this dude. Yeah, so he's like, you're going to dig this grave. And in the meantime, he left to allegedly buy a different shovel. Because I guess either he was going to help her or that one wasn't doing a good job. I don't know for sure. I don't know what the soils like in New Hampshire. But... The shovel I have, I can barely dig down a foot to plant something. Mm -mm. I'm not digging shit. And so a woman to, I don't know. So he drove into Keene, which is where Jonathan's from, and had Jonathan's phone. So he was sending texts from his phone to make it seem like he was alive and well. Then he ordered Brittany to send texts to a friend to tell her she was planning on leaving and going to New Mexico to take a break. So that's why she was sending Mm -hmm. those weird texts. Mm -hmm. So after all of this, he smashed Jonathan's phone, then drove Brittany back to the campsite and said he was going home. And she needed to bury everything, dispose of everything, and get it all sorted out by Friday. Yeah. So she she was just going to be there all week doing this. And With no food.
0: No just who, no. her
1: by herself. Yeah. And he said he would come back Friday to pick her up. At some point during all of the commotion, his mom called him to say, you know, hey, the police have been by here. They're looking for Brittany because of this guy. I don't know if Brittany knew that or not. So this is what she was doing when the Game and Fish show up. She's... Hasn't buried in, you know what I mean? Like, she has the tarp still out, everything. So it wasn't that long after. We don't know for sure, but. Well, it's a
0: lot of work to bury, mm-hmm. to dig a hole big enough for a body.
1: Yeah. And he what? was, I'm kind of surprised he was trusting her. I, he just didn't want to do it himself. Man, He left. wanted her to be mm-hmm. totally involved. And no. for all we know, he maybe was going to be like, hey, she killed somebody and she's burying uh uh-huh.
0: But. No, I'd have left all that shit and started walking and told.
1: Yeah, so Brittany led authorities back to the area and showed them where everything had taken place. Mm-hmm. She pointed toward the the beatings in the mud, and it, mm-hmm. it showed all the blood and mm-hmm. all the dragging and everything like that. They found three spent casings there. Like she had said, he shot, shot him three times. The couple's bloody clothing, tools, a saw, machete, hacksaw, and the small knife. And then she took them to the place where Armando made her throw the pieces of Jonathan's phone out of the vehicle. So they found the phone. And at first, the police were trying to play coy with Armando. They weren't trying to act like they were suspicious. They didn't say they had Brittany in custody at first or anything. And they just called him to say, hey, we wanted to talk to you about your wife's disappearance. Would you mind coming in to talk with us about it? He wasn't having it. Mm Mm-hmm. He got defensive and he said he's not going to go with them or go to the site because he's camping with his nine-year-old daughter. He said that he assumed Brittany left him and needed to tell his he needed to tell his daughter about it, so he was going to take her camping and tell her. Again, the other children have never been mentioned, even though they had more than one. They're probably little. They might be little and like with his mom at the duplex. I don't know for sure, but. He told the police, I've quit many jobs before and the police didn't come looking for me when I called and quit. His mom's boyfriend's Jeep that he was driving all weekend long was found in an abandoned parking lot in Jaffrey with blood stains inside along with a lot of mud. It was taken in for evidence. So his mom's boyfriend had a second vehicle that was missing and Armando was later found driving it. He had their nine-year-old daughter in the passenger seat. <sighs> so... At this point, they arrest him for assault on his wife because that's what they have at the time, and they took him in for questioning. His clothes were clean, but he had dried blood on his arm and on his leg. He refused to speak to the police. He was not cooperative at all. Well, In the Toyota Tundra that Armando was found driving, there were three bags of quick-dry concrete, two 40-pound bags of soil, a five-foot metal frame, and a tarp covering more bags of concrete and soil, which wouldn't be suspicious at all in the middle of the woods. A big concrete slab. (laughs) Right. (sighs) But Armando's mom tried to cover for him and said, oh, they just were planning on stockpiling food and supplies because of COVID. They were going to go to the campsite, dig a big hole, bury groceries, and then cover it with concrete. Nice try, but... No. I'm done with them now. I know. And she told them, hey, I even went with him to buy the supplies and the groceries, and there was no food or anything in the truck. He never bought groceries or COVID supplies like toilet paper or whatever. It was all like concrete Mm -hmm. and shovels. Well, an autopsy performed after Jonathan's head was discovered showed multiple injuries, including bruising to his face and the inside of his mouth. A shoe impression was found on the right side of his face. His cause of death was determined to be a gunshot wound to the head. So that's why I it doesn't get into detail about this um, her cutting his wrist, but I'm assuming because that wasn't the cause of death, right. so it couldn't have been. Both Brittany and Armando pleaded not guilty. Brittany's attorney told the court she helped solve the crime, that rather than conceal evidence or falsify it, she led police directly to the evidence, that she was beyond cooperative, And she only helped him initially because she was beaten, threatened, and he had a gun to her. In court, Justine Amaral, Jonathan's mom, held back rage and tears. Justine said, He was the most beautiful person inside and out, and nothing will ever fix this. She was told beforehand she was not allowed to call Brittany any names during this statement. And she replied with, that's okay, because there simply does not exist a word that's low enough for us to call this guilty individual. For Brittany? Mm -hmm. (sighs) This guilty individual stole my purpose for living, and she stole Jonathan's too. Because of her immoral behavior, he will never realize his potential here on Earth. Brittany sobbed as she asked the family for forgiveness, saying she lives with constant self-loathing for what she did. Brittany said, I'm sorry for every single thing I did to Jonathan. I admit I had no right to do the things I I did. I'm going to live with this regret and shame my whole life. Assistant Attorney General Scott Chase argued that by Brittany Barron's own statements, she participated in violent actions, including cutting Jonathan's wrists. He also said there were multiple occasions where she could have sought help, such as when she was driving... His car by herself, and oh, okay. It says along with the cell phone, so she had a cell phone at this point.
0: Yeah, that's not a good look. She should have called the police if she's,
1: if she's yeah not with him. I mean, and that was for a three and a half three and a half hour long period when um, Armando was not around her. So she had a phone. She could have called. Yes, but she, she had been threatened. It's, I was going to say this she is kind of been, a sticky, Yeah, this, she, yeah. And who knows that he may have threatened her children. I understand that Jonathan's mom, the rage she has at Brittany, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say no, that yeah. she shouldn't be pissed at her and hate her guts. That's totally her her right. But it is like when I post this picture, I mean, he truly did beat the crap out of her. And it's it's a sticky situation where it's like, where where's the line between, yes, she did commit crimes and she doesn't need to just be off the hook for the things she did necessarily because she did I mean, if you have a cell phone and you're I know it's it's just sticky. This would be a really terrible situation to be in with your and you're right, chef's kids, we don't know if he threatened her children, but I mean he had the nine year old with him, so who knows. And he beat the shit out of her and, and he shot guy, the guy. Yeah. So
0: it's like of course he's capable of anything.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Brittany accepted a plea agreement for her cooperation and everything. So she was sentenced to three and a half to seven years in prison for falsifying evidence with two years suspended from the minimum and maximum sentences. She also got 377 days credit for the time already served, meaning she could be released next year. She will also have two, three and a half to seven years suspended for 10 years as part of the deal. So her husband... Armando faces a capital murder charge, but he's in jail right now, awaiting his trial. Mm-mm. It's a lot. I got a lot of info from True Crime Daily, in-depth New Hampshire Union Leader, the Conway Sun, and Sen- Sentinel source. So he's he's still just waiting. Mm-hmm. So we we'll have to She's definitely. had her trial, yeah. but he hasn't. I mean, it's not a good look for him. He was he had blood on his arm and leg, dried. I mean, he's even though it's we only have her claims of what happened everything she said yeah the gunshots every it all tracks yeah everything tracks yeah and i mean he's definitely a guilty party in this like there's no way he can be like i didn't know it was all her i mean Mm -mm. you were shopping at the store you might have used her card but it doesn't matter and then him driving all over the place trying to use jonathan's phone he obviously doesn't understand how cell phone towers work it's like he thought he was planning and he had the Smart he, ideas, he, but everything he did was, yeah, he mess. thought he was
0: smarter than. So, you'll have to update us,
1: yeah, for sure. I wonder how long it'll take and with COVID. You know, everything I mean, trials
0: take forever, Slow down. Now, let's get to your case. Oh, joy on the morning of September 13th, 1997. A woman walking her dog in Hedgehog Park, so this was a local hangout for teenagers, comes across the body of Leanne Millis. And later, the body of Kim Farah was found. The girls had been murdered. Leanne was found along the beach in plain sight in a high traffic area. Her neck had been slashed. She had stab wounds to her torso and her head had been smashed. There was no evidence of sexual assault. Kim was found inside a wooden bathhouse in the park. She had also been stabbed in the neck and chest. So clearly the girls had been separated at some point before they were murdered. After they were found, the police searched the area on foot by rowboat and helicopter to try to find any clues to who did this. The girls were last seen alive together around 1 a.m. So the girls were murdered at some point between 1 a.m. and 645 the next day. That's when the one found their bodies. Mm -hmm. So, Leanne was 17 and a senior in high school. Kim was 18 and had dropped out of high school. But they were best friends. They Mm -hmm. hung out all the time, you know, doing Mm -hmm. teenage girl things. The last day they were seen alive, Leanne had told a friend that she was feeling nervous about a guy who liked her. That he was kind of giving her weirdo vibes. Oh, gosh. Like lurking around her house. It was James Grant that she was talking about, and the two had met over the summer. Kim's car was found that same morning, 70 miles away in Oxford, Massachusetts. It had been set on fire, but hadn't burned all the way up, Hmm. and a wallet was found inside that belonged to Chris Doucette. So who is Chris Doucette? He was an 18-year-old from Michigan and was staying with his grandparents in New Hampshire, And he hung out with James Grant, who was 20, and Eric Jelanuski, who was 19. Probably butchered that name, too. So once the cops knew this, they sent police to Michigan to Chris's mother's house. So it was about a 14-hour trip Mm -hmm. from where they were in New Hampshire. So the boys weren't there, but they did arrive shortly thereafter. And the mom was like, what's going on? Cops were here. They found your wallet. The car burned. These girls have been murdered. The boy said, you know, we did see them last night. We hung out with them. But when we left them, they were fine. Lies. Not good. Not good. At this point, the boys are shitting themselves. So they know the cops know. And they take off. And as soon as they leave, mom calls the police. Which, good for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, yeah, a lot of parents wouldn't do that. Case in point. All the shit going on with Gabby Petito. Yeah. So the cops, acting on a tip, find the boys in an abandoned house, hiding in an upstairs bedroom. They arrest them and charge them with breaking and entering in Michigan and we're waiting for them to be extradited back to New mm-hmm. Hampshire. Wow. So the next day they were flown back. James broke down and copped the murders immediately. Hmm. This is me. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I will sing like a bird. Don't tell me shit. Don't involve me in shit. Because I. At least you're honest. I will tell and take everybody down. I'll sell you all out. Yeah. Just so you know. So anyways, he says that he and the two had killed Leanne and Kim. He said the three had been in Virginia on a drug and alcohol binge and watched the movie Scream several times to prepare to murder someone.
1: What is up with Scream I don't watch that movie
0: and think, you know what? This really makes me want to go kill somebody.
1: Yeah, it's...
0: It's bizarre.
1: Yeah, it is. That movie? I feel like that's involved in so many things. It is. People really like
0: that. Well, murderers like that movie. I don't know. So... It's a weird one. It is a weird one. So, on September 12th, the three guys drive to Leanne's and at some point take a knife that she had in Mm -hmm. one of her dresser drawers... They told her they needed it to rob a gas station, so they were going to take it. No. So Eric tells James that he wants to kill the girls, and Chris told him he would help him. So they all drive to Hedgehog Park to hang out, and the boys plan to separate the two girls and carry out their plan. So Kim and Eric go into the bathhouse, and Leanne and Chris go for a walk in the woods, leaving James by himself. After a while, he starts hearing Kim screaming because she's being murdered. And so he goes to find Chris and says, hey, go check on Eric. When he returns, he has the knife and Chris and James then kill Leanne. Chris starts rubbing her shoulders. Then he grabs her neck and tries to twist it to break it. And she jerks away from him. He lunges towards her, throws her on the ground, and begins to choke her until she stops moving. James then stabs her in the throat. She screams out, and he puts his knee in her neck and tells James, stab her in her her stomach. So he does, and then in her neck, and then they cut her throat. Leanne was killed two hours after Kim. Oh, my God. The boys then head for Michigan, stopping to torch Kim's car, and then at a gas station to clean up.
1: It blows my mind when multiple
0: people are involved in things like this. Oh, yeah. Just, so James would go on to tell them where the murder weapon was, wrapped in a shirt in an industrial park, and they go and find it. And it's exactly where mm-hmm. he said. All three men were charged with murder. Eric was charged with murdering Kim in a separate trial and was sentenced to life in prison. James got a lesser charge for cooperating and received 25 years in prison. And Chris was charged with second-degree murder in the death of Leanne and sentenced to 37 years to life. The trial was almost solely based on James's confession and testimony. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. So, on a sadder note sadder i know this is my little uh, soapbox for the night okay. i actually lost a very dear friend of mine in the past week to suicide and everyone who knew her is kind of in a state of shock and out of respect for her daughter and her family i will not mention her mm-hmm. name and i know we don't always know the battles that people fight internally but check on your friends Mm-hmm. I know this is getting kind of personal, and that's not really what we normally do with seriousness, anyways. But there are so many trained professionals out there to help you. I mean, there are services like TalkSpace, BetterHelp, that are all online that you can get. You can text hello to 741741 to be connected to a crisis hotline. And I mean, check with your work. Right. Like, I know where I work, our insurance plan covers better help for That's free. That's so, great. you can use that for free. More companies need to do They stuff absolutely like that. do. Um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, you can call them yes. at 1 800 273 8255 24 7. There's a chat option if you would rather mm-hmm. message somebody instead of speak to someone. Just please reach out to somebody if you're feeling upset, Mm -hmm. if you got the blues, or whatever is going on in your life. Like, I promise you somebody is there. Yeah. You are not a burden. Your feelings are valid. I mean, you can, like, you can get through whatever you think you can't get through. Yeah. There are people to help. There are resources. Just reach out. I know the holidays are coming up, and that's really tough for people. I mean, just don't give up. Like, your family needs you. I'm getting all teary-eyed. Your friends need you. Like, there is always a reason to Mm -hmm. stay alive. You are loved. You are worthy. You are enough. And you are not alone. And so I just wanted to get that out Mm -hmm. there. Again, not trying to be too, but it's just, like, really heavy on my heart right now. And it's just, we've seen it with celebrities and
1: yeah, it's hard when you think they're fine or mm-hmm. they seem fine. Anyone can seem fine. It's
0: again, you don't know what yeah. somebody and yeah. I know you and I have talked about this, you know, this week, but like there's such a stigma with mental health and asking for help, mm-hmm. and there shouldn't be. Yeah, that's a lot of times why people hide it. Mm-hmm
1: or 100%. the words someone at work might find out yep. and then what does that look like You don't want for that them? stigma yeah.
0: of oh she's depressed or she's yeah. you know un unhinged mm-hmm. or she's crazy or she's too emotional. I mean mm-hmm. we've all heard people Oh yeah. make it's, those remarks and so you're you you know people do worry about that. I mean we've all worried about that like been upset said, about yeah. something and been like I don't want to say anything because I don't yeah. want people to think for that For sure. Yeah. just <sighs> reach out to somebody I promise you the people that you think you're a burden on you're not.
1: I saw something, it was a quote on Instagram. I wish I had saved it now, but it was something like your 15 minutes of just ranting to a friend about something or just telling them how you feel, they would rather hear. They don't care. They'd rather hear that than spend their life without you. You know what I mean? Like 100
0: fucking percent.
1: You're not the burden you think you are, you know? It's just You're not.
0: So, if you're feeling sad or suicidal, just reach out to anybody. I mean, you can go online. There's so many sources that you can use. You don't
1: have to feel silly for doing it. No,
0: you're not silly. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. Not at all. Mm -hmm. Get the help that you need. Yeah. Because like you said, we would all much rather have the person we care about here Mm -hmm. than to feel the way I feel right now yeah. or the way she has a daughter feels right now. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like rough. it's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyways, I'm done with that. So what, um, what else well do you have said. for us? Yeah.
1: We'll add those links to, yes, in our show notes so that they're easy. And I'll, I should probably post those again as well, but I
0: don't know what to say now. Sorry. No, it's, I was just like, it's you know, real it just, it's it real is real life. life. And I know other people, in our friend group that have struggled with depression mm-hmm. or suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and and it's not a time for tough love and suck it up yeah. and we all have Don't bad cry. days yeah be there for them mm-hmm. buy them a coffee go go clean their house it's the little things that let really people is know just a small that you love token. them yeah for sure and that they're not alone and anyways just ask Lacey. I come over every Wednesday and just, like, go on a complete tangent. Like, you're never going to guess what and happened.
1: I, and it doesn't bother she me. she just listens
0: to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm real sorry. <laughs> no, it
1: doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. Look, I have days when I need to rant. I'm just lucky that I just work at home alone with a dog and a cat and my coworkers are cool. Exactly. No. <laughs> but Oh, gosh. Well, on a lighter note, we have... Some new patrons to chat about. So we have Brianna T. I think it's Brianna. It's B-R-I-A-N-N-A. Not Brianna. 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 Okay. Brianna T. from North Carolina. So her birthday was November 5th. And that's when she joined us, which was exciting. I'm like, we're recruiting Scorpios. Look at you. Yes, all the Slowly. Scorpios. So next month during your season. Sagittarius. The Sagittarius season. You Fire You need, need to work on recruiting. Yeah, so she's sister of patron Ashley who joined recently too. Oh, cool. So we have a sister duo, which hey. is really awesome. Thank you, Brianna. And we also have Sarah P. from Maine. Which is exciting. I that's feel like it's a cool. cool state. Yeah, that my patron from. I love Maine. I love you, Sarah. I Never love been. Sarah in Maine. <laughs> and Maine. It's been a few years. <laughs> it's when I was in New Hampshire when oh, the same trip. Oh, well, you're, I went just, up to you're Maine. just knocking them all out. Oh, and then we have Nayla in from Florida. So we're all over. We're the all place. over the place. We're all in the east. We're keeping it eastern. Yeah, we're
0: keeping it eastern.
1: So it's Nayla, right? N a y l a, like Kayla. Would you I think would or Nala. Nala? Nala? I would say oh Nala. Oh gosh, maybe it's Nala. I should have messaged her because she me- she messaged us and said that she really loves the phrase "bunch of bitches."
0: Bunch of and bitches. bitches. <laughs> That's what she's gonna say about us. Then bunch of bitches didn't get my name right. <laughs> those, be- <laughs>
1: those bitches. <laughs> and you know, fair enough. Fair we enough. Are. Fair enough. I mean, I'm sorry. I should I should know. But we. Oh, and um. Nate also bought us some cocktails. He bought us five, I think. For your birthday. Oh, for my birthday? Oh, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I definitely... Oh, no, he bought us 10 cocktails. My bad. Oh, well, five for you and <laughs> five for me. Better. Five each. Need to, we need to accrue them and go on a New Orleans exactly. trip. Exactly. we've determined. Just... Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you, I say Sarah, yep, thank you, Nala or Nayla, and we'll figure it out. I'm sorry ahead of time. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, by the way, so Anchor has a thing where people can support us monthly, and I didn't even really know about that, so it's different from Patreon, but we have someone named Kathy B who subscribed to that. Unfortunately, Anchor won't tell me her email address or anything oh man i know so i don't know so if you're listening kathy b send us a message yeah email us at United Statesofmurder at gmail.com or dm us and we'll send you some stickers thank you for your support kathy where are we next week wyoming yes and i don't know what that is it's
0: a state Or the buffalo Rome. exactly oh, wow. oh oh before i forget you know how I was saying, why does your watch keep going off? See, I've been trying
1: to figure out how to turn the sound off, and Samuel can't figure it out either. It just it's started. Broken. After I got a new phone, it just started making voices. Maybe it's on your
0: phone you need to turn it off. I
1: tried. If someone out there can
0: tell me right, know I know how to get the sound off my Apple Watch, I would appreciate I know your it. I Apple Watch. I feel like those are such an eyesore. No they offense. They are. I know. I'm, I little like so, a really big old you Yeah. You're. Anyways, so you know how I was saying... <laughs> That I needed a scary movie. Yes. That really, like, scared and made me shit my pants. I found it. And I watched it on you Sunday. Shat? I did not. But I did <laughs> scream out loud multiple times as I'm sitting on my couch all alone Sunday watching this. What is it? Oh, fuck. Hang on. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. It was it's on, good. It was so good. It was on Netflix. Oh, really? And it's... One of the Paranorm, Nope, I'm lying. It's on Paramount. Oh, come on! It's Who on has
1: Paramount. Sponsors me? Paramount. Sponsors
0: Paramount. Um, it was on <laughs>
1: Paramount, and it's one of the. You know what? I'm gonna get a free trial and cancel like I do with just, all the other things. Yes, just I did watch this it. Stars last week. Just watch it. <laughs> it's fun fact. Well, I don't know if it's just stars, but you can sign up. And then cancel right then. Because, you know, it's hard to remember. Mm -hmm. And it still gave me my week. Oh, perfect. I I got it to watch uh, The
0: Orphanage, I think. So, this is in with, um, like, one of the paranormal activities. You know how they have, like, all the different ones? Uh Uh-huh. So, it's a paranormal activity, and it's called Next of Kin. So, it's... It's not part of the. Is it part of the series? Like, I mean, it's called. Here, let me show you this. It's called Paranorm, Par, bleh, Paranormal Paranormal oh, okay, yeah. Activity hmm. Next of Kin. And when I tell you, it scared me. It scared me.
1: So, do you have to be caught up on all the other
0: ones? No, 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 because they're I not related.
1: Seen... Okay, I mean, like, maybe I the
0: first two are. I've seen
1: those, but I'm behind so on all So, this the
0: rest. one is about a girl. This made me think of you. Mm -hmm. This one's about a girl who is adopted. And so she plugs in her info to like 23andMe to try to find out some information about her birth parents. Because she doesn't have anything. She doesn't know who she is. So she plugs it in. Well, then this guy reaches out to her and he's like a cousin. And it turns out that like her mother was Mormon. And got pregnant out of wedlock and had to give her up because that's the Mormon faith or whatever. So anyways, so she goes with a camera crew and she's making a documentary about her birth parents and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, all this. So they go back to Utah to this Mormon, I'm lying, Amish Amish, okay. Amish, Just rewind. Please don't come for us. Please don't come for us. Don't us I'm so sorry. Amish are listening, so so they're Amish. So she goes to Utah to be in, you know, kind of get in touch with her. Okay, that's fascinating. Family, yeah. and she's making a documentary, and it's like her boyfriend and like a like an audio guy, hmm. and so they go to this farm to find out more about her. Birth mother and family, and then shit gets real. I'm just saying, it, it's interesting watching it just before it gets scary. It's interesting. It kept my attention, hmm. and then when it starts getting scary, it gets scary.
1: So I think this is the one. Is it? It's the seventh. The seventh.
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've only wow. seen two. Yeah. Okay. I saw like the first two, but then I haven't. But then I haven't seen anymore until
1: oh paramount offers a one-week free trial there you go
0: sign up watch it i'm telling you you're still, there's so many jump scares i might watch it tonight I it's feel like so
1: I'm <laughs> my
0: phone just i can't okay it's it's i mean i'm literally on the couch like under my blanket like screaming out loud like it. Mm. hot face i'm done i probably won't ever watch it again Well, I'll have to watch it then. It's super good. You're gonna watch it and be like, that was not scary.
1: Well, if it's paranormal, is it demon demon demony stuff?
0: It is demony stuff. So
1: that that gets to you.
0: It does well,
1: it's the it's
0: the Not that I am never scared of that. It's just got a bunch of weird, eerie things like at one point like she wakes up in the middle of the night and like she's looking out the window. And you know what? They're Amish, they don't have electricity. So she's like lights her little candle and she's looking out the window and she sees like all these lanterns. Oh god! And there's like ten of them and they're like walking from the barn out into the woods. So it's just like eerie shit like that where you're going. What are they doing? Like where? Gosh. So it's creepy things it's like creepy, that. Creepy
1: haunted Amish.
0: Yeah, and then there's like there's like that's a enough goat for that's delivered oh, there's a goat and I they mean. see the goat like they sneak into the barn and they're hiding and then like the the goat has the Baby goats, and then they take the goat and go into the woods with it, and so then they follow them. There's a big oh church God. out there, and they're like, "Are they sacrificing?" I'm like, what the fuck's going on?
1: It's good. I'll have to add this to my scary goat movie list. A
0: hundred percent. It's just like a like okay, a two I'll minute two minute goat scene, but it's enough to be like, "What's what's the goat?"
1: Say no more. I'm it's gonna so watch good. it maybe
0: tonight, maybe tomorrow. Please, it may when it Samuel may help you. When Samuel
1: goes to bed, yeah.
0: I watched it at like three o'clock on, on Ooh, Sunday and afternoon. And it still scared you in the middle of the day. Okay, well that's what and you're I saying. still was like, "It's <laughs> <laughs> scary." And then I laughed because I was like, Max home. No, oh, no, this is one that I wouldn't. I would not let him watch uh-huh. this movie. Well, I mean, like if if he heard you, oh yeah, am no, like no, mom, are you okay? No. Like love you. Like we uh, we can watch. Halloween and Michael, like that shit, I mean. There's just like a, yeah. There, but there is a line as a mother where I'm like, Mm-mm, no.
1: Mm-hmm. And it varies from kid to kid on
0: what sure. bothers them a lot. Sure. So, anyways, just, mm-hmm. there you go. You're welcome. Watch that. It's Thank good. You. Listeners, watch it. Send us, send us in something. What do you think? They're going to be like, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> this movie was bunch not scary. You bunch of bitches.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, follow us on Instagram at United States of Murder. On Facebook and Twitter at US Event Podcast, join us on Patreon patreon.com/slash United States of Murder. We are about to record our November episode, and we tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow
0: we're going to record it eleven eleven. Exactly. So, oh, tomorrow eleven eleven is danielle's birthday one of my co-workers happy and birthday, she's the danielle. sweetest girl and she was super bummed she didn't win anything oh,
1: see <laughs> she i didn't recognize win anything. that name. <laughs> i know i'm, I'm sorry
0: danielle. she's like you bunch of bitches does she have
1: any stickers she does i sticker. gave her a sticker oh, that's nice she does you. yes sorry so happy birthday danielle happy birthday danielle that's it follow us on all the things follow us we we love next week you. we're in wyoming we're in wyoming, we're in wyoming. Patreon episode tomorrow. Yep. I'll let y'all know when it's posted. She's watching the scary movie tonight. What's going on? Stay
0: tuned. Bye. Bye.